Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I'm going to chat all about the menstrual cycle and the doshas. All right, so sorry this podcast is just a day late. Um, I came down with food poisoning that I gave myself by accident. Um, so I made this split pea, like ham bone and split pea soup. And I left the, my husband and I left the bone out probably long, way longer than two hours. And I have never, I guess, had that experience before where, um, I got like salmonella poisoning from it, but I definitely would not recommend that. So it was just, you know, I figured I'm like, Oh, it's just the bone, you know, there's barely any meat on it, but, um, yeah, it made me so sick. So I ended up the day I was going to record it was on Monday and I just started to, I didn't feel the greatest. And as the day went on, I totally was full blown food poisoning. And then, so, um, could not record it on Monday when I planned to. And then, you know, Tuesday I was just recovering all day because I was pretty dehydrated because on top of that, obviously I'm breastfeeding. And so oof, that was a doozy. So I'm so happy. I'm feeling better now here and, um, can get this podcast recorded for you all. Um, and just kind of inform you a little bit more about the doshas with the menstrual cycle. So, Let's kind of back up. And I want to start, um, in case anyone's new to the podcast, just a little quick introduction into Ayurveda in general. So if you're if you're familiar with maybe the term the doshas, but you're not sure where it originated. So Ayurveda is where the doshas originated, and it originated in India over 5,000 years ago. And so the doshas are the elements that um, Ayurveda plays with. And so the five elements. Um, and each of the doshas have elements associated with them. So, you know, vata is air, ether, hitta is fire and water, and kapha is water and uh, earth. And so that's kind of how you look at those doshas and incorporate those elements. And so when we think about those elements, that's what we're kind of really um, energetically tuned into when we think about our menstrual cycle as well in what phase that we're in, um, what is our body doing? What should we be eating? What should we be doing in terms of, um, fitness? Uh, how, how do we feel in our bodies? So when we're in that ovulation time, sometimes we feel a little bit warmer. Well, that's a pitta phase. Same thing with luteal, you know, that luteal phase is still in the pitta phase. And that's when a lot of people feel like the, the heat and the anger and the quick to judge, all of those are pitta related things. And so that's kind of one of the ways that I like to incorporate doshas. Now, not only that, but when you look at your cycle overall, you know, we all have our general dosha type. And so you might've seen dosha quizzes. Um, I have one on my website too, just right on my homepage. I also created a dosha quiz for your menstrual cycle. Now, ideally your menstrual cycle dosha should match up with your actual dosha. So for example, I'm a pitta, you know, that's my prakriti. That's what I was born. Your vikriti is what your imbalance is. And so maybe you have an imbalance, let's just say of a vata, then your menstrual cycle might be showing more vata, but ideally your menstrual cycle should be more pitta if you're pitta by nature, if that makes sense. So in Ayurveda, we always treat the imbalances first. And so if we have that imbalance, that's what we're looking to do. So right now, because I'm in the postpartum phase, um, and it usually lasts about a year in Ayurveda, they kind of really hone in on, um, pacifying vata. This is a heavy vata time for myself. So even though I'm pitta by nature for me in this phase of my life, I'm really focused on the vata dosha, um, for the next year. And so then I'll kind of go back once that year hits, or once I kind of feel like, yeah, my body feels, you know, kind of back to, you know, in quotations, normal, or just like my usual self, 
um, which I actually feel a little bit mentally, I feel much better than I was, you know, after the birth of my first son. Um, but physically I'm still definitely feel those Vata wind elements in my hips in particular, you know, obviously I'm only seven weeks postpartum at this time. So I feel like my, you know, stuff is shrinking back. You know, my uterus is still a little shrinking. Um, you know, my hips, when I, I just tried to jog to like throw something away and not by, you know, fast by any means, it was just like a quick, Hey, let me throw this away. I got kids in the stroller. I like about fell over because just that wind element of the pelvis, the stuff is not aligned where it usually is. So that's what I'm talking about when I think about those Vata tendencies. Now in the Pitta, what that might look like in the body, that can look like some inflammation that can look like pain. Um, that can look like, um, arthritis well, arthritis is more Vata, but it can be Pitta if it's the, um, if it's throbbing and painful and burning arthritis. But those are some of the things that you're kind of looking at. Inflammation is usually that key marker with a pitta. And then that kapha can look like the stagnation in the body. It might look like water retention. Um, it can look like, you know, during your period in particular, you know, you might feel like, yeah, I'm really puffy. I'm swelly. I'm retaining that water. That would be more of that kapha dosha. So those are some of the ways that you can kind of see it um, flare up throughout your cycle. And it's totally normal to see um, a little bit of each but you're probably going to have one predominant energy type or one predominant dosha. So, you know, we do have all three within us. So that's why you're going to be like, yeah, I relate to all of those. You know, which one do I have? It's whichever one you have the most, um, you know, check marks to, you know, if there's one way to say it. I put the dosha menstrual cycle quiz on my, on my blog post for this episode. I'll also put it in the show notes in case you want to take it. I don't think I have it on my website. It's like in, in some of my blog posts, um, but it's not like a standalone um, quiz that you can take. Uh, so if you're curious to see, Oh, does my actual dosha match up with what my menstrual cycle is doing? Um, then there's different ways you can kind of, I, in the handout that you get after you take the quiz, you can kind of see how you want to go about fixing it. So let's say you do have a Pitta property and right now you're imbalanced, but your menstrual cycle is showing up as Kapha. How can you fix that? How can you, um, remedy that? And that, that will show you how. All right. I'm also going to share a little bit how today. So within the doshas, you know, we have those dosha types. I want to talk about the vata, pitta, and kapha menstrual cycle. So if you have a vata menstrual cycle, meaning you have probably a lighter cycle, you might have, um, you might not bleed for very many days and, um, you might have just kind of an acute pain, um, that kind of flows throughout the body. So maybe some days, like I have clients who will say, yeah, it's in my stomach today. And then the next day it's in my back and then it's in my hip. It's kind of moving pain because it's associated with that air and ether elements. It's wind. It might rotate in the body. So what you want to do is you want to bring in more warmth, heaviness, nourishment, and stability. So if we think about that warmth, warmth to the pelvis area, this is where I love like a good weighted blanket um, to that pelvis area in yoga classes, putting a blanket on top of your pelvis in Shavasana, that's bringing warmth to that area. And that's all cycle long. This is not just during the bleeding phase. That's all cycle. You want to start to bring in these, um, these, uh, tools, I guess, to help you stay grounded, to help you stay balanced. Um, so after that warmth is that heaviness and that's where that blanket can come in too. You know, not only is it heavy, that weighted blanket, um, it's bringing in that warmth. So you get kind of the two for one nourishment, meaning what are we eating? Um, are we nourishing our body? Are we depleted? So like for myself coming back from a food poisoning, 
I was really, really depleted. I had to nourish my body. I had to get, I got coconut water. Um, and I just had, I kind of followed that, um, brat diet. So I had, I didn't have bananas, but I had rice, applesauce and toast is kind of the way that I could slowly get nourishment back to get myself. So I wasn't having, um, food poisoning issues. And so that's one way that I had to get nourishment. So if you think about yourself, how are you missing or what nourishment do you need in your life? And then the last piece of that stability, which would be, which Vata sometimes fight against, uh, do you have a schedule? You know, are you being, um, like for right now, I do not have a schedule with a seven week old. Some people do. I'm not, I kind of follow my baby's lead and he is much different than my first son. And we are just surviving days sometimes with him, um, because he loves to be held. He loves to be picked up. He contact naps. So it's really hard for me to get a schedule. So, um, that's, that's where that stability can interrupt my Vata dosha. So how can I incorporate, um, grounding practices? How could I get my Vata in balance if there is instability like that in your life? So if you're thinking, yeah, it's really hard for a schedule, you know, maybe for myself, it looks like contact napping and meditating with him on it. I've done yoga nidras with him laying on my chest. How can I get it in? That's, that's ways that I'm doing it. So you might think of how can you pair in some of those practices to provide stability in your day? Um, where maybe you also have a a little one, or maybe you have a crazy schedule that you're like, I cannot get myself on um, a daily routine. Think about how you can incorporate some of the practices to help you stay grounded. So three areas of where to kind of start for that Vata. I'm going to give some more examples here, but bring in more healthy fats. So eating more warm foods, oily foods, and mushy foods. So like I had that rice yesterday with some um, ghee in it. And so that's really nice and grounding. It was oily, it was mushy, um, and it was just that nice healthy fats that I needed with that ghee. And then bringing in the warmth to the pelvis, which I talked about with the um, uh, blankets, the weighted blankets. You can also do a hot water bottle on there. You can do castor oil packs throughout your cycle, just not on your bleeding face. Ginger tea actually brings downward movement um, and it warms the body and promotes grounding. So ginger tea would be great. And that's a good one to do four days before you start to bleed. So if you're thinking when to start that, that would be a good recommendation. And then that stability, which is that good daily routine, trying to figure out your routine the best you can. So again, like I chatted about doing my yoga nidra meditation with my son on my chest. I also try to work out four days a week right now. And that looks like not a set time per se. It's, hey, when do I feel energy. And when, um, can I squeeze it in? And so I'm doing some of like the framework of like, Hey, I'm going to do my meditation. I'm going to do my yoga nidra a few times a week. I'm going to do my exercise. Um, I'm going to take walks. I'm going to get out in nature. It's just maybe not in a set time right now for myself. It's kind of lenient on my son. So maybe you have kind of those big rocks that you throw into your day. Ideally they're at the same time, but if you have a life right now where it's not going to be, just get in those big rocks, you know, get in those things that help you stay grounded. That's my advice. All right. So let's dive into that pitta menstrual cycle. If you have a pitta cycle, um, you tend to be kind of the 28 day bleeder around 28 days. You're really consistent. You might start off really strong with your bleed and then it tapers off by the end. You could have more of that acute inflammation. Um, so kind of that acute pain, it doesn't go away. It's just dull. The dull achy pain is kind of that kapha, but it's like that Um, kind of that sharp pain that just sits there. That would be more of pitta. So what can you do throughout your cycle? Bring in more coolness, softness, and grounding. So coolness, um, coolness is the pitta again, is that fire element. So pittas tend to overheat. They tend to get too hot. 
So making sure that you have that, um, maybe the coconut water is great for, for pittas in general. How can you improve or get in that coolness into your life? If you're going out for walks, like I went last week and it was almost 90 degrees here in April, which was really hot. And I went in the middle of the day. Usually my trail is very shaded, but mind you, it's April. Our trees don't have leaves on them yet. It was so hot on that trail. And so for me, that is not one way I would bring in coolness. If my trail was like that during the summer, um, that would not be advisable to walk there at noon. That does not bring in that coolness element. Typically, again, it does because it's very shaded and it it does provide a lot of um, coolness. So that's one way you can think about coolness besides just in terms of food. And same thing with exercise with coolness. Are you exercising too intensely um, at the wrong time of day? Again, if it's like noon and it's really hot where you're at, it might not be a great time to do an outdoor workout. How can you incorporate softness? So that could also look like workouts. Um, It can look like reducing stress and then grounding. Um, making sure that you're doing practices for self-care because sometimes pittas tend to overdo things and um, get burned out. So making sure you have practices that keep you grounded. So three areas where you might want to start. Number one, food with less spicy and oily components to it. So it spreads and augments pitta, meaning it makes it worse. So if you're having that spicy and oily foods, um, that's where kind of that inflammation might start to come. Decreasing stress. So working on just kind of letting it go, which means feeling your feelings a lot of the times for pittas. So instead of just kind of holding things in, it means like working through some of those emotions. Um, pranayama, where, where can you incorporate some pranayams? So that could look like, you know, shittali that could look like alternate menstrual breathing. Um, it could just look like making your exhale twice as long as your inhale, you know, how can you kind of incorporate that into your day? And then finally setting realistic goals that you're still going to make that are going to make you feel satisfied. So sometimes with stress, with pittas, you set goals that are so unachievable. And I'm raising my hand because I've totally done this, that you feel so frustrated. You never hit your goals because they're like, I want to make $20,000 every month. Let's say that's a goal. You're like, I, this just not, I'm not even halfway there. How the heck am I supposed to jump all the way there? And sometimes I've found in some of my business coaching, sometimes they have you set these pie in the sky goals, but you're like, I don't even see myself reaching that because I'm not even halfway to that goal right now. Um, so making sure you're setting those goals that are actually achievable. So you don't feel frustrated. And then you just kind of throw in the towel. You're like, ah, I'm never going to hit this. Um, same thing with like workouts. For example, I have a Pitta client. So I'm coming back to kind of um, working with clients again, and she is Pitta in most areas of her life, but workouts are not her thing. And so her goal was going to be to work out three times a week while we're, while I was on maternity leave. And so I just kind of checked in with her. And she was like, yeah, I'm getting one in. So I told her, Hey, okay. Over the next two weeks, before I see you, your goal is to get in two. I didn't jump right back into three because why, you know, she's been doing one for the last two months. We're going to start with two. We're not going to set this on. It can be achievable, but she's might burn herself out. She's not going to be happy about it. We're just going to slowly ease back into things. So that's what you can think about too, in your air in one area of your life. I'm sure there's something that maybe it's fallen off or you think, okay, I have to go from zero to 60 when really there's, you know, 59 steps in between. So really kind of thinking about how can I ease myself back into things? And then finally decreasing inflammation. So looking at removing sugar, alcohol, gluten, dairy for a period of time, just to see how you feel. Now with those, you might have one of those that are kind of your thorn. Um, so maybe it's sugar for you. Maybe you're like, oof, I've had so much sugar. Um, it, you know, added sugar into my diet. You know, maybe you're like, Ooh, I've never actually played around with gluten. Maybe it is that gluten. 
maybe it's dairy. So for myself, um, I'll speak again to that postpartum period right now that I'm in is that dairy is really not sitting well with me. And, um, I, I haven't noticed it. My son, I noticed it with my first son, um, with Jalen, my older son, I couldn't have dairy for him, but for this, this time it's dairy for me. It's not going well with my, with my digestion. And so really paying attention to, okay, what are some of the triggers, um, that might arise and, um, you know, just taking those things out and just seeing how you feel. Cause that's at the end of the day, all what it is, is you're your own kind of experiment. And sometimes, um, you know, as we, as we age, as we all are aging, we go through periods where like, I can't take that anymore. Like I can't, I can't process this as much as I could before. I've been many people who are saying, you know, tell me like, I used to be able to eat whatever I wanted. Now I can't, as I'm closer to 40, I have to kind of be monitoring what I'm eating. You also probably are going to feel better in terms of nourishment because it comes back to that Vata cycle of nourishment, but that does apply to pittas as well, is you got to make sure we're nourishing our bodies with foods that we can digest. And it's going to be different for everyone. All right. Now we'll tackle that last um, cycle, menstrual cycle phase is that kapha, or I shouldn't say phase, the type. So kapha menstrual cycle tends to be a heavier bleeder. They might have longer cycles, meaning they might, um, they might not get their period um, every 28 days. It might be 32 to 35 days. It could be longer in between cycles. It's just that stagnation. And then when it comes, it can be really heavy and um, you could have that dull, achy pain. You might feel really lethargic um, you could have more cravings for sugary foods. So it's kind of that kapha cycle. So what we're looking to bring into that is more mobility, warmth, and light throughout your month. So mobility, um, bringing in more mobility in particular to the pelvis when we're talking about period pain. So um, a great thing to do would be just go on YouTube and say pelvis mobility exercises, and you're going to find a ton. So that would be a great place to start there for mobility. Warmth. So kaphas, again, um, Coolness is actually what can offset kapha. So cool and damp, which right now it's spring. And as I'm recording this, it's raining. Those are both kapha elements that are happening right now. So bringing in warmth to the body, especially on days like that for kapha, the menstrual cycles and for kaphas in general, that helps um, ground the body and helps bring you back into balance. And then light, because that heaviness can often be a kapha feeling that just feeling of kind of like stuck, stagnant energy, bringing in that lightness can help you kind of get get going and get moving. And that might be going outside and getting some vitamin D. Um, that might mean eating lighter foods. Um, it could be dressing lighter. So maybe you're wearing some heavy clothes and it's just not working, dressing lighter for the season. So other areas of where to start bringing in movement. Again, I talked about to the pelvis. So besides those mobility exercises, going for walks, um, yoga, those are great ways to kind of incorporate some pelvis mobility, lighter meals and spaced out meals. So intermittent fasting for kaphas can be a good thing, which um, I guess I wouldn't say intermittent fasting in the terms of the way the West describes it, more circadian fasting. So, you know, maybe kitchens closed from sundown till sunup. Um, but kaphas usually can get away with an, a longer intermittent fast or a longer fast of 12 to 16 hours. So if you have never experimented with that, that could be something to look into. And then finally cooking with warming spices. So again, bringing in that warmth, um, how can you incorporate some of that cinnamon, that ginger? Um, those are great ways to, and turmeric, you know, you can kind of throw into your food and throw into your cooking. All right. So those are kind of the um, menstrual cycle as a whole in the terms of the three different doshas. And I just wanted to tell you how those doshas fit into each phase of your cycle, because they do that as well. So the follicular phase 
is actually the kapha phase, the building phase. And so that's um, the first times when you're, when your bleed stops, you're in that follicular phase. So usually it's that springtime energy. So you're in the kapha, you're building. Then you hit ovulation luteal phase, which is the pitta or the transformation. The heat starts to increase, but this is where stuff is transforming. So obviously during ovulation, this would be the, the time that you, if you want to have a baby, this would be that transformation. Um, or, you know, you're still having transformation because your body's potentially releasing an egg. If you're not on birth control, um, that is happening as well. And then the luteal phase, the heat is increasing at that phase. And then finally we have that bleeding phase, which is the Vata. So it's the breaking down phase. It's that wind element. It's time to need grounding because, um, the Vata again, it can be depletion. And so it's breaking down all the stuff that the body just did. So those are ways that you kind of look at those, um, the doshas in terms of your cycle as well. So if this is stuff that you love and you want to dive deeper with, um, my flow with your cycle is the doors are opening May 1st. And so this is where my signature six week program, um, where we deep dive into Ayurveda and your menstrual cycle. And it's no matter if your goals are conception or to prepare for perimenopause, or you just want to get to know your body better. This course covers it all. And I do it in the Ayurvedic sense. And so I'm looking at the doshas. We're looking at, Hey, how can we incorporate these practices that I just kind of discussed today? And we go in more in more depth, um, in the program and how can we incorporate them into your life? So it's not only a group coaching program. So we have, um, four group coaching calls. We also have one-on-one -on -one calls. So that's where we can kind of deep dive and troubleshoot into your specific problem. So if you have PCOS, if you have endometriosis, all of those things, I kind of give you some Ayurvedic recommendations based on your health history. And so if you um, want to join right now, I have the wait list open. And so um, I'm sending out invites to the wait list on um, Friday. And so if you join before next Monday, um, you will get a bonus one-on-one -on -one call with me. So I kind of incorporated that. So um, just as an early action bonus, plus a hundred dollars off the program price. So it's a really good deal if you're thinking about, or if you've been on the fence, cause I know I've ran this program in the past. Um, this will probably be my only time this year, um, because of maternity leave, I've kind of pushed the start date back on this. Usually I run it, I run it more in March. So, um, because of baby, <laughs> I pushed it to may and it will probably be the only time, um, just because I run the seasonal living collective the other, the other times of the year. So if this is something you're interested in, um, from an Ayurvedic lens, um, definitely check it out. I will put the links on in my show notes, as well as just on my main homepage. So andreaclawson.com, you can find some details there if you're interested in joining the waitlist. All right. Thank you all so much and go out there and spread your peaceful power.